0: Back to the after-school special, it feels like day 187 of quarantine. I don't actually know what day it is. All the days all the days are kind of blending into one. Um, are you sure
1: it's not March 55th?
0: Okay, literally, <laughs> that's what it feels like. And I'm going to apologize in advance if you hear a constant pinging because my emails are off the charts today. Or guess what, Caroline? You could just close the email. Tab. Wow. Okay. Uh, so we hope you guys are doing well and staying safe and staying in your homes. Ms. Vicky, how are you doing?
1: I'm um, not bad. Yeah. Uh, this week was full dive in. Mm-hmm. Like just emails, messages, constant, nonstop, and meetings. Yeah, because we're
0: we're full on like online teaching mode.
1: Yeah, the full the full night. Yeah, and a lot of it is. um Not even really... I don't know. For me, it's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like, for those that, you know, don't really know, we're now being instructed to kind of do, like, an online teaching. Not in the sense that we're, like, holding, like, online classes, but that we're making resources for the kids, we're fixing up toolkits that are being sent to us, keeping in contact with the parents, with the kids. So there's, like, a lot of... A lot of back and forth, like, messages, I find. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I was literally about to say something, and then... Oh, yeah, so... I want to say that I've been... Hearing more and more from the kids in my class. And it's so sad. Like, I... A couple of them sent me emails, and they're like, Hey, Miss Caroline, we miss being in class. We miss you. And I'm like, oh, you guys. Like, I don't think people... Like, I hate when people say oh you have all this time off you don't have to work good for you no like first of all a we are working and b i genuinely miss being in the classroom so it's not like this happy time off for me
1: yeah we need to demystify that yes uh, let's do that that idea we are not having a holiday right now we haven't really been having a holiday in the past three weeks going into four now um we have not had time off really per se I feel like
0: I'm working more now I feel like I'm more busy
1: exactly because you have to do things one at a time right it's not as if you can teach or deal with everything all at once so it's doing one task at a time for the most part or you're doing several and you're trying to keep afloat but we're not having a great time this is not our summer vacation let's just put that out there because I think there's a lot of not a lot I believe that there's an underlying hostility oh, towards teachers 100%. right now because people are working from home and so are we okay granted we're not oh. in a classroom but we're still supporting our parents, we're still supporting our colleagues, we're still doing what we can from like remotely Yeah. and so I would love if we just stop with the negative yeah. um, attitude towards teachers luckily my class hasn't done that towards me That's but funny. i can't say it's the same for other
0: colleagues like or i people can tell like you that them. like i've heard stories where parents are telling teachers like you're not doing your job why do i have to do your job uh, it's not up to me to teach the kids and it's like we're doing first of all we're given instructions by the government and the school board as to how we can proceed with these mm-hmm. you know situations mm mm-hmm. And also, I think we are doing a pretty good job, like, I'm going to be honest, like, for me, I know it's not to, because technically we're given toolkits that we can just send out, but like, for me, I, you know, make extra things, so like, I'm doing a lot at home that like, people don't see, but I'm always looking at resources online, what's going to help these kids, I'm trying to set things up from home, I'm trying to answer them back, you know, as soon as they message me, so I'm not, like, at home doing nothing. <laughs>
1: And on top of it, we have our own professional meetings that we have with our colleagues and our administration, so you cannot say that we're not working or we're not doing anything.
0: And, like, in addition, people also have their own lives. So you can't assume that, like, all teachers are at home sitting on the couch doing nothing. Mm -hmm. No. Maybe they have kids. Maybe they have parents that are sick. Maybe they have people they need to take care of. So... I feel like there's always this this feeling that teachers are not, like, real people and their lives revolve around school. Mm-hmm. But maybe they're having a hard time at home, too. Just like I'm sure, you know, parents of our kids are as well.
1: Who knew, Miss, Miss Caroline, that teachers are people, too? Who knew?
0: I used to say this last year a lot, how... Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna let it go. It's fine. Don't worry about it. See, I told you, I, like, it's been crazy today. Mm-hmm. It's been nonstop. Last year, I taught kindergarten, and it's almost like they didn't know that I was a, like, person outside of school. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like I would joke and say how they thought that when school was over, I would just fall asleep at my desk and, then wake up the next morning and I would be back.
1: Remember when you would see your teacher out and about outside of school?
0: Oh, it was so weird yeah
1: and if you're a kid you're just thinking oh my gosh she has she Life. has yeah <laughs> she doesn't live at the school <laughs> yeah
0: and like I feel like now part of it like I can imagine me being a student and like receiving messages from my teachers like by email or them like zooming me or sending me videos how weird that must yeah. because like you're seeing them sitting in their homes not in the classroom yeah yeah, for sure. But um, I feel like we just need to really clarify that we're not having an easy time. Like, I'm thinking about all my kids all yeah, the time. Yeah,
1: and virtual teaching is does not replace an actual classroom uh, environment. No. We, no. I think every teacher can say this. You really do everything you can to create a classroom environment where it facilitates learning and also a healthy environment where your students are at ease yeah. and mentally and emotionally and physically. So... I need the negative energy away (laughs) and put the blame away from teachers because this is not this yeah you know the word that we're using constantly is unprecedented we weren't prepared for this you're right I don't think we were No, we're doing what we can. Prepared for this. Exactly, we're doing what Who we prepares can. Prepares for
0: like a nationwide pandemic. Nobody. No one
1: does like globally yeah. as well. In addition to that, and let this be a lesson for the education field that we need to have maybe backup plans. You know, contingency yeah. plans. I should say.
0: I had even seen, and I had shared it on Facebook this status where it was like you know. We're in a very strange time, so don't go around knocking your teacher or your you know your friends' kids' teachers for how they're going about things. Like we're all, it's a learning process. Mm-hmm. So I feel like instead of going around and telling people how we're not doing our job mm-hmm. and we're not doing enough, like take this time to understand that we've never been in this situation before. Exactly, so. and
1: going back to what you said earlier, how you no know, teachers have our own lives. You also have to remember that not every student has access to technology.
0: Yes. Or right. has
1: or is in a place where they can have technology or have internet or you know yeah. there's circumstances. There's always circumstances, so yeah. it's not black and white.
0: Yeah, completely. And like maybe their parents too are like working in the front lines. their mm-hmm. doctors or nurses or working in the hospitals where they can't sit down with their kids and you know help them as much as they would like to. Also. Exactly.
1: And each school board is different. Each province is different. Every it's different across like across yeah. the board where um you know student, not every student has the luxury of given a school computer you know so you can't yeah. you know and in addition to that we're not even allowed to go back to our schools to grab what we need or to grab no, the school exactly. material or work material in addition to that so Um, Leave your blame out the door
0: (laughs) We don't need that kind of negative energy up in here Exactly
1: I usually would say save the the drama for your mama But why put your mama through that You know (laughs) During especially a pandemic
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god So we had a question of the day Mm -hmm. Like we do And the question that we had found Was pretty interesting And it made me think quite a bit And it was about Um Something like, what were you made fun of when you were younger that now you're proud of? Mm-hmm. Or now you're kind of using to the best of your capabilities, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you, you want or to go first? Do... I'll go first. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, go
1: for me, I would say weight. Uh, I mm-hmm. had weight issues growing up, you know. it might I was like a heavier kid when I was a kid. And um, the amount of trauma that caused and I laugh because that's how I cope with pain right I laugh at my own pain Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so I yeah I had I was teased for my weight as a heavier built kid Um, however I don't regret those things or regret being a heavier set kid because it I learned so much along the way you know I learned to be more compassionate I learned to be more understanding and I learned to accept others for actually who they are not because of what they look like you know and Um, I think I, because I had weight issues, I think I overcompensated a lot, but not in a negative way. But, you know, I worked harder to make sure my appearance wasn't the thing. That was like the focus. And so I think... That's a
0: really nice way of kind of spinning that, though. Yeah. Like that's like a really positive outlook to have, you know what I mean?
1: You know, yeah, and it definitely humbles you, because people who don't, people who, people probably have experienced something similar, maybe have felt it in a different context, but um, being a heavy kid, uh, it taught me a lot, and I don't regret it, because I think it, yeah, it builds character, and I think uh, everything happens for a reason, so it uh everything happens for a reason so you know i i had learned a lot along the way and that's part of life right learning and yeah
0: and like i also think that um weight is something that many girls struggle with in general in their like childhood or even young adulthood mhm like i think it's just something that's very common like, i can I can relate. I, um... When I was 18, I had this friend, and I was at, like, this like house party, gathering, whatever, and uh, he was sitting next to another friend of mine, and he didn't know that I could speak or understood Italian. So the two friends, obviously, were Italian, and they spoke the language, and, um, he just turned to the friend next to him, and in Italian he said, oh, she's really chunky, eh? And Prior to this, I was 18 at the time, so prior to this, I like didn't know that I was fat, I guess. Like, I just I didn't, I didn't, it was never a thing, like, weight was never a thing for me. And I was so, like, I was confident. Not when I was, like, super young, like, elementary, but, like, in CGEP, 17, 18, 19, uh, 17, 18, I was. But then, this, like, one comment just completely changed it for me, and I would look in the mirror and see something completely different than what I saw before the comment. That's all screwed
1: up. Cause it basically is. he put every, like he put that as a. Yeah, you, you saw it from a different yeah. lens after that. You know I mean? It's like he shattered, like, the... It's like a glass that like he shattered. Now you see things such a, yeah. in such a different way.
0: And, like, this it- comment, he probably doesn't even remember that he said it. Has no idea the impact that it had on me. But, like, because of that one comment, and because it was a friend that I liked, mm-hmm. uh, it, it stuck with me. And, like, it's been like 10 years and like i was i've been dealing with it for 10 years um yeah but i'm finally finally at a point where i still think about that comment and i'm like angry that i spent 10 years thinking about that comment so now i've kind of gotten to the point in my life where i've switched and i'm trying to just like myself where i am in regards to my weight because Like, I read this quote the other day, and it was like, you know, those few extra pounds that you have are because you don't, you know, like, you you, you treat yourself when you want to. You have your favorite cupcake, your pizza, and you allow yourself to, like, eat those things. And for me, like, food was such a big issue. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to, like, get to the point now where I'm like, well, the few extra pounds I have are because I don't want to limit myself. Like, I want to enjoy things that I want to enjoy because... I love food mm-hmm. literally, I think about food all the time. <laughs> I just I can love totally get where you're so like, coming from because to, yeah yeah, I can tell totally where
1: you're coming from because this is a person you um, you know that you considered a friend and you don't yeah. even think your friends thought of you that way. you would think that your friends see beyond your appearances so yes. Yes. it's as if he made you or he it's as if he convinced you that oh my it's that you believe. That other people see you yeah. as your weight and not yeah. who you are uh, internally, and yeah, I can. I've been there definitely too, where yeah. you just wonder, um, what does this person think of me? You start to like, you start to care about that, and um, you wonder, you know, can people see past you for your weight?
0: Yeah, exactly. Because before that. Like, I guess I didn't really think that anybody thought about weight, because it's something that I didn't think about, especially in regards to myself. But then after that incident, it's kind of like the- it's like I thought that was the only thing people noticed. Do you know what I mean?
1: Definitely know what you mean. And as much as it really is traumatizing at times and um, how it sticks with you, and I think there's a part of us that never fully gets over it,
0: mm-hmm. because
1: I think just uh, weight generally fluctuates, um, especially yeah. for women because you know we go through so many phases in life and our body you know reflects those phases in our life too. Um, I I don't have a exactly a solution on how I kind of learn to accept these things. I think it just comes with maturity but also forgiving myself, which is really weird because, you know, you yeah. hear, you it's the negative comments of others that also influence the way you think about yourself, but I think you have to forgive yourself because you're the only one that's living with yourself and hearing yourself every day be negative towards yourself.
0: Yeah, and I think it's also worth it to kind of, you know, step away from the stigma that it's, like, about reaching out to get support and therapy. Like, I think for some people, therapy might actually be a really helpful thing. I know for me it has been. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just to kind of break that stigma that, you know, you can figure it out on your own and you'll be fine. Like, no, sometimes you just need somebody else to listen to you and figure it out with you. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else that you were made fun of when you were younger but now you're proud of?
1: Uh, not sure if it's teasing or more so if teasing can be racist, but uh, yeah, I'm for being Asian, (laughs) I think, or just having, yeah. Uh, So what I mean by that, to clarify, is you know I had different lunches than everyone else. Uh, you know I had I didn't always have a sandwich. I had fried rice for lunch, or I had noodles for lunch, I had different types of lunches than everyone else, Mm -hmm. and (laughs) um, looking back, when you're a kid, you kind of, it's not that you feel ashamed, you kind of just want to feel belonged, Yeah. so I always asked for Lunchables, although they weren't very good, I think I, (laughs) looking back, my grandmother's fried rice tastes so much better than Lunchables back then.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'd rather have that than Lunchables, Lunchables are... gross. (laughs) (laughs) gross. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you remember? I think the only thing that was acceptable for me was the pizza, the cold pizza, but because the nuggets were gross. Like, why would you eat cold nuggets?
0: Like, everything that came <laughs> in that little plastic box was questionable.
1: I'm pretty convinced that you were paying for the packaging and oh, yeah. not for the actual ingredients.
0: But like, I feel like, especially as a kid, when, and we see this all the time, like, when you're a kid, your main... The main thing that you want is to fit in. Yes. And, like, I guess, like, being on the subject of weight, too, like, when you're being made fun of for what you're eating, it kind of ties into so many different feelings. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and it can trigger issues, you know. It can trigger um, body image issues, you know. It can trigger into those things. In addition, also, it kind of makes you feel... question like your own heritage and I never really felt ashamed of being Chinese Uh, it definitely made me notice it more Mm -hmm. and I know there's a thing that says I know like there's a saying going that says you know kids don't see color but they do you know kids see differences they are I think observant. It depends on the yeah. Age
0: of kids. I think sometimes, like young young kids, like kindergarten, yeah. grade one, no. But like mm-hmm. when you reach grade five and grade six, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. and you know, putting remark like making uh, remarks about you know what I brought to school or what I looked like, or um, yeah, it it can spiral into self-loathing of yourself and i'm really glad that i was raised to always be proud of my heritage because uh there's always there's a history that and a legacy that i'm proud of uh but when you're young and other people like bring light to your differences you can't help but wonder Is that all you see me for? And it goes back to what I said about weight, you know? Just because you heard one person say it, now you're wondering if everyone else sees it too.
0: But I think, like, for you, I feel like you've come out of this as, like, such a strong person. Like, (laughs) you're taking, like, all, like, the positive things that you can and, like making it into something better and making you into, like, a better person. So Absolutely,
1: like, and it came with time, though. it wasn't... to do. It was never linear, you know? There was moments yeah. where I would say, like, can't I just have a sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> can't I just yeah. have a sandwich? And for my, like, for my household, my grandmother, yeah, she did make me sandwiches because, you know, it, you... When you live in a country for so long, you kind of do conform to certain mm-hmm. social norms and such, but... Uh, I don't regret those lunches that she gave me, and I know she, yeah, yeah, for her, she believed, you know, if I send you to school with rice with some um, Chinese ingredients on the side, that's more, uh, that's much, that was her definition of sustenance as opposed to a sandwich, you know? Not hanging on sandwiches, but... as opposed to
0: gross Lunchables where there's (laughs) zero nutrition. Exactly. And also,
1: like, I think um, throughout my life, race race has always been brought up, not just by Mm -hmm. myself, but because I know the comments that exist with um, being a visible minority. And so, of course, there's been days or there were times in my life where I wished my eyes were bigger than other, uh, my eyes were bigger than what I have right now. I wished I had maybe different features than what I have now, but I, it's more so accepting your, you have to, you have to live with yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. So you need to, as much as a person can trigger a negative Spiral of thoughts. At the end of the mm-hmm. day, you need to come out of it on your own
0: and I embrace it. Also, what we can take from this is not just like like yes, you do have to live with yourself and embrace it, but also that people need to teach their kids to be a lot nicer. And I feel like when you, as a parent, think a certain way about a group of people, and you end up putting that onto your kid, mm-hmm. and you make them believe your stereotypes mm-hmm. and it's like that's because a cycle that needs exactly, to exactly because you're the moral
1: compass in their lives yeah. you know and it's I like that you brought that up because um, I strongly believe this is kind of going towards about our careers I I honestly believe that the the relationship between a parent and a teacher it has to be seen as a partnership yeah. and often you know you know this yourself and I think every colleague of ours can also agree that you know the there's always like a weird dynamic between between parents of students and teachers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how you speak of your child's teacher is how they will perform in school. I mm-hmm. find, yeah, because absolutely. if you are speaking negatively about your child's teacher, they're not they're going to not show the respect that a teacher needs for um, class management and uh, to facilitate proper learning
0: yeah because if you're at home saying oh your teacher's this and that it doesn't matter what she says what do you expect the kid to do when they get to school they're obviously gonna believe their parent and say well my teacher is this and that and I don't have to listen to her
1: exactly so it kind of ties into what we're saying how you know how you raise a child and how you know you being the moral compass in that household you have to um yeah you want that child to yeah. be exposed to a lot of things, but also you, all, you want them to be exposed to, you know, tolerance and acceptance of diversity.
0: And I think sometimes, like, kids can come out of it better. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say, their parents have certain beliefs and stereotypes about groups of people their kids, the older they get, they start to realize that maybe their parents are wrong and they can come out of it a better person. Mm-hmm. But that's obviously harder to do mm-hmm. rather than just having parents that teach you how to be accepting of all people in all cultures mm-hmm. and to be, you know, appreciative and, and to learn. Like it's harder to come out of it when mm-hmm. you have parents that are making you feel some type of way. Yeah. I'm
1: not saying that people should be colorblind. That's not what I'm Asking because I think it's beautiful to acknowledge the different cultures and heritage, yeah. like the different cultures that exist in our world. I'm more so asking or asking people to consider that when you are, you know, raising your child or, uh, mm-hmm. or even as adults too, when you're thinking mm-hmm. about diversity in the world, um, be open minded because yeah. it's not, there's not one superior, um, race or culture than the other of course that's like well duh vicky but you know i sometimes (laughs) i gotta say it out loud because some of y'all just don't get it
0: (laughs) it's true though some people just don't get it unfortunately yeah and like these people are you know raising kids to think the same way unfortunately so it's just a cycle that keeps going on and on and on Mm -hmm.
1: but i digress
0: (laughs) i always wonder though if like one day that cycle could ever be completely broken And, like, how long that would actually take for it to happen. I think
1: it doesn't, the cycle doesn't end until something traumatic happens, you know? Yeah. I think that's just, we just, as human, I feel it's human nature that we don't learn until it's the hard way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like, let's say, like, when we think about, like, COVID-19 and, like, the pandemic that's taking over, like, so many people are coming together now to support each other and, like, help each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, something traumatic has happened. Mm-hmm. But what's crazy to me is that there's still people, despite like the need to be supportive of one another and respectful and help each other, there's still people that are like acting super, just being super racist and being super, you know, rude to other people. Like now's the time for you to come together, not pull yourselves apart.
1: And what does the blaming really do in the end? it's happening right now there's nothing like there's it's happened you can't take it back it's happening right now so let's just do what we can to better the situation as opposed to blaming us blaming a group of people which is really there's historical Mm -hmm. context to consider in terms of how this virus Mm -hmm. began and how it originated and um I mentioned this last time, but like I'm taking a course through Harvard about pandemic mm-hmm. prevention and lessons that we can learn from Ebola. And one of the interesting things that they mentioned was how naming a virus is super crucial mm-hmm. uh, because of how people can be influenced by the name of a virus. So yeah. there, there's a reason why health professionals are calling this COVID-19 or coronavirus and they're not calling it the Chinese virus there's a reason why yeah. and it goes it goes back to how there's stigma you know and sadly enough yeah uh, sadly enough a huge political figure had mm-hmm. to call it the Chinese virus and now is taking it back by backtracking and calling it the proper name however let it's that be yeah but let that be Something to uh, reflect on because after that, after he said what he said in the media, there was so much support or just yeah. people standing by him, his reasoning. Yeah, and it's ridiculous, and I get it. Um, and that's the thing, like you know, as humans, we're were were error like we have we make errors Mm -hmm. and so the Spanish flu was incorrectly named the first case was found in the US okay Um, Ebola the virus was named after a river nearby the first case that existed and the like Mm -hmm. the health professionals that were working in that area purposely did that because they didn't want that group of people from that region to be um stigmatized or uh you know be stigmatized they just put they named the virus after the river that was nearby yeah yeah so getting off topic here
0: (laughs) i feel like we always end up on like the topic of like just like society and culture at some point though
1: (laughs) i mean we are more than just our careers so
0: (laughs) exactly Exactly.
1: exactly. It's called the after-school special for a reason. We talk about things after school, after yeah. school-related things. It can be
0: many different things. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, okay. So let's end off there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Also, what have you been doing lately?
1: Well, besides... So before, t-
0: before we end off, what have you been doing lately <laughs> during this quarantine
1: period? Uh, besides taking my Harvard online course, I am... I finished my um, Michelle Obama autobiography called *Becoming*, and nice. there's—it's pretty—it's interesting because you get to hear from her uh, how she dealt with certain pivotal moments mm-hmm. in um, President Obama's career and how her family dealt with it. And it was really cool to see like the lessons that she learned, not just because of. Um, she was the first lady, but also like before, prior becoming first lady, all the things that she learned, and um, I just wanted to share actually the a yeah. quote that I found really interesting, which was about how this the quote I'm sharing with you guys is from a part where she explains how her family had to move out of the White House um, after Obama served his term, and at this time. Uh, the current president that, we, that is in the American office, White House right now, um, there's a lot of negative, um, negative thoughts and mm-hmm. a sense of hopelessness that was happening. Mm-hmm. And so she was saying how um, she had to get her mindset in a positive and optimistic light and mm-hmm. what she learned from it. So there's this part she says, uh, kids wake up each day believing in the goodness of things in the magic of what might be They're uncynical believers at their core We owe it to them to stay strong and keep working to create a more fair and humane world for them we need to remain both tough and hopeful to acknowledge that there's more growing to be done so that quote that excerpt stuck with me because I think that's just kind of how um, you know, when we think about the vulnerable, the children are vulnerable. And so if not just children, you know, adults too, I think we need to think about our inner child inside us that still exists and how not say you're not a parent, but at least you owe it to your inner child yourself to be hopeful and and to acknowledge that there is more growing to do.
0: And, you know, like during the therapy sessions that I was taking, something that we worked on was taking care of your inner child mm-hmm. and making sure that your inner child was okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think I think that's really true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nice end off. Yay! <laughs> you got me into the Harvard classes too. Yes. <laughs> except I'm taking one totally different. Because I told myself I was going to do one that, like, I just thought was interesting. Yeah, and then I was gonna do one that like would actually uh, not teach, but like that was relevant to work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the one I'm doing now is, it's called. Wait, I have the tab open right here. Omens, oracles, and prophecies. Yeah, that's the I'm taking it's that interesting. next. interesting. Yes, you. Ha- it's and it's only a week long. Nice. Three, but like I'm gonna be that petty person that's like oh my god i'm a harvard graduate and i'm going to pay the 25 dollars us to get the you know certificate (laughs) harvard graduate over here
1: (laughs) why not yeah
0: exactly all right well miss vicky where can we find you
1: Uh, on instagram at infinitely vicky which is i-n-f-i-n-i-t-e-l-y and how about yourself
0: you can find me on instagram as well And I think I have a Twitter, too. I don't actually know, to be honest. It could be the same username, though. But it's at Caroline Vla Author. So K-A-R-A-L-I-N-E-V-L-A Author. And until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, stay inside. And take care always. Peace.